our church. Say it again. It is our church. Uh, what I learned in my small life is that the anointing is caught. Yeah, the anointing is caught. We can pray as much as we want to. But without you being patient to receive it. Yes. This is why the issue of waiting long. I wanted to tell you uh, things don't happen. There's a lot of things that are happening that you don't see. There is prayer. Oh, prayer. You can't, you can't be taught prayer. The only way is to say to the one who prays, I want to attend prayer. Then you come to prayer, then you realize that there's less talk and more prayer. There is a lot. This is why I say I'm really blessed. Because I have geotitis here. A principality, a power. Amen. A pastor of pastors. Amen. Amen. Then I have my covenant brother. I'm telling you. Bring it on. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are going to continue with our service. I want you to open your heart. This is a moment where things fall on people. You came ordinary, but you are retaining another man. Some people took you for granted. But they will soon discover. They made a mistake. Yeah, they will soon discover. This kind of man is a man of God. Yeah. When you speak, things will come to pass. You see, think about it this way. If, if, if I said to myself, if let me preach my message that I prepared. Let the bishop sit down. <laughs> I will not have received the blessing. Do you understand? You have, you have to know that there are certain things that can only come through patience by sitting down. And some things sit when they are so they take a time to grow. So open your spirit. We are going to pray. At the end, we are going to pray. In the church, they know. Now I pray for everybody one by one. It doesn't matter, 500,000. Oh, I stand and I pray. We live here by eight and fine. 
I can see your heart already. Amen. Uh, we have we have Bishop Bishop Emmanuel Trofio. Emmanuel Trofio. He's going to bless us. You see, the advantage we have with him. This church is named after his name. You know, you know what he said to me many years ago? He said, my church, they are familiar That they have made a decision. Let them make that mistake. I will never make that mistake. Yeah. I said, I will never make that mistake. If you knew his schedule, he's always busy. But if I get him, I'll say, let's go for breakfast. Oh, I ask questions, he answers. Bishop Titus knows me very well. We are, we are children. I like the posture of the message. We are children. So I'm saying for this remaining part of time, be a child. Can I speak to pastors who are preaching tomorrow? Don't worry about preaching tomorrow. Don't, don't say, oh, I have to. Wait for it. Emma. Yeah. When it drops, you will know it has dropped this thing. Yeah, that's another word to tell. To tell is like, have you seen a balloon? When you blow it, the pressure in it, it becomes big. It becomes big. Even if you take the air out, there is evidence that it has changed. It cannot go back to where it was. Amen. Amen. So please help me as we take the song. Bishop Emmanuel Clofio is your season. Please come. Hallelujah. Amen. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sky, your name is to be From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun, your name is to be hallowed. It is indeed a privilege that you be chosen by loving us and making it possible to be called by your name and to belong to your house. This afternoon, we ask that by your spirit, let fully your will for our lives be done. We pray against anything of the enemy that will distract us from receiving that which you have prepared for us. Holy Spirit, 
you are all that we have and you are all that we can look up to we depend on you we look up to you to lead us testify of Jesus to our hearts and cause us to walk with strength and in faith as we follow our Savior thank you Father we thank you Jesus Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Titus, thank you. It's it's my I've heard of your name. I've heard of you for so long, and I'm privileged to meet you in person today. Amen. And your sweet wife. Amen. You know, any man that is doing well often has a good companion. It's not always, but often, has a good companion. Hallelujah. So, because when your wife doesn't give you peace, I tell you, you will look like a battle-worn person. Hallelujah. Amen. Apostle, thank you. Mamake, thank you so much for the honor of invitation once again. And I acknowledge that I stand here because of who my father is. And not because of who I am. It's because of Bishop Dag. That's why Apostle, that's why I got to know Apostle. And that's why he's interested in me. It's not me. Hey. And I don't have a problem with it anyway. And I I mean, I'm cool. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm happy to be a child of a man of God that God has chosen to bless and to raise for our generation. Hallelujah. Amen. And I just need to mention a few things that I believe is important for those of us who have decided to walk all the way with God and to follow Jesus. The thoughts of God concerning you doesn't depend on you. It depends on him. Neither does it depend on any man's comments about you. Are you with me? Amen. I mean, that's very important. That God has a good plan for you. And he will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. He will bring it to pass. I said he will bring it to pass. But you have an enemy. Who is an enemy of God? And this enemy cannot match up with God. He tried it when he was in heaven and he lost. 
say, oh, he's still trying whilst here on earth. But this time around, you and I are his targets. I said, you and I are his targets. And we'll do everything to interfere with what God wants to do with our lives. So if you ask me what is my concern as a person, my concern is not what God will do for me. My concern is what I must do to prevent me interfering with what God is doing for me. Many of us thwart the plan of God for our lives. When you look at the nation Israel, it was not in Abraham, it was not Abraham who said, Can you make me a nation? It was God who said, I will make a nation out of but then it was the same children of Abraham that made their lives difficult. God had prepared a place for them. It was a three-day journey. But because of how they are, God decided not to use the three-day road. Do you get it? Because he said that this before. I've known them. I've yeah. watched them from wherever I am. Even when I sent Moses to go and free them, their comments alone were enough to tell me that if I take them through the three-day route which has no, nothing to return or nothing to obstruct them from returning. This is what we return. So, so the Lord said, if I take them through the land of the Philistines, they, they will see war. And because they don't have faith, they will turn back. Wow. So let me take them through where they can't turn back. Hey. Look, I mean, listen, whatever God has planned for your life, He's determined to bring it to pass. And Satan cannot stop it. And Satan Satan cannot stop it. Satan But you and Linda. Through the works of Satan can interfere with them. Because the, the generation that was taken out of Egypt, when, they were meant to see the promised land. But unfortunately, they didn't see, including Moses himself. But it was their children that saw it. It's not because God didn't like them. But it's because they made it impossible to see the land. By their lack of faith. 
and absolute dependence on God. Problems that were meant to lead to a prayer led to complaints. And in the same way in our own Christian lives, problems that are meant to be prayer topics become complaint topics. And unfortunately, complaint doesn't sit well with God. Memory doesn't sit well with God. Hallelujah. Amen. He doesn't have a problem that you have met a difficulty. For example, the waters is bitter. He doesn't have a problem that you are saying the water is bitter. Are you, are you with me? In case you are wondering what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the exodus, the, the movement of the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land. They have problems. They have problems. I mean, we can't deny that the water doesn't taste nice. And there was, God was not angry that they were saying the water doesn't taste nice. But what they said because of the bitter waters did not sit well with God. And in many other situations, they had problems. But again, it is what you say. Are you with me? Amen. It's not that there's a problem. It's what you say. That demonstrates either your faith in God or your distrust in God. Your reaction to the problem it's a test of what is in you. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is very important for us as Christians. If the water is bitter, just say, Lord, thank you for this wonderful water. I'm, we are so grateful that in our journey, in the desert, you have provided us with water. But Lord, you know, this water is a blessing, but Please, we know with you all things are possible. Can you kindly make it a bit tasty? And he would have instructed Moses on what to do. What else did they have? What, what other problem did they have? You wanted food, tasty food. Just ask God. Stop complaining about what you used to be and what you used to eat. Just say, Lord, we've been in a journey for a while. Ish. We wish we could eat something sweet and nice. KFC <laughs> And we know that with you all things are possible. And the Lord will give you. Instead of saying that, did we we told you? We told you. We told you we were okay. 
in our situation. Meanwhile, you are lying. You are not okay in your situation. You are not okay in your situation. Because God heard your cry. When you are in slavery, God heard your cry. You are not okay. Why are you behaving like God has taken you from a paradise to hell? And you know, some of us, we are very forgetful. The life that we had before compared to the life that we have now, in spite of the problems that we may have, this life is still better than before. Unless we don't remember the life without Jesus was a life of slavery to sin. Was a life of slavery to death. Was a life of slavery to destruction. They cannot be compared. A life of slavery to life no matter how many troubles are embedded in it, it's better than a life of slavery to death. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, this is very important. Why am I saying what I'm saying? Because God has an enemy who cannot reach out to God but can reach out to you and will want to twat the good things God has planned for you. And he will use these things. So I want to talk a little bit on the subject of loyalty. Again, I want to talk on this, a little bit on the subject of loyalty. I'm not intending to go through the various books or the list of points in the various books. But I just want to draw your attention to the strategy of the enemy against your life. Listen, if I don't pray for God to bless you, it doesn't mean God will not bless you. Wow. God has taught of you long ago. That is why Paul said that we were created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. Which was ordained before the foundations of the earth. So it's not now that God is thinking what else can I, what else can I do with you? No, 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 no. So if I don't pray for you for God to bless you, it, it, it doesn't change God's mind about you. But what can change God's mind about you is what you do to him. Is what you do to him. And that is the work of Satan against your life. His Satan's strategy is this. He acknowledges that he cannot punish you. 
Satan has no authority over you. He cannot punish you. It is only God who can punish you. It is only God who can deal with you. Deals with the child. And all that Satan will do is to bring you, make you do things that God will punish. Satan, your work as a Christian is to stay away from things that God will punish. I said, it's to stay away. Because there are things that God will not allow. Hallelujah. Amen. And I tell you, if there's anybody that believes what God says, it's Satan. No, no, Satan doesn't, act, doesn't disagree with what God says. He will not do what God will ask him to do if he was to ask to do something. But that he believes what God says, he has no doubt about it. What is my evidence? What is my evidence? When the king was told about the birth of Jesus by the wise men who came to worship Jesus. He was not waiting to see Jesus. He was not waiting to see that, yeah, this person has been born. As soon as he discovered that they had swept him, by not giving him the exact GPS location of this Jesus, Satan took action. Satan did the calculation. Anything within two years, from birth. Out of he's, 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 not, he's not waiting to see signs. If it has been said, it means it has been done. Unfortunately, most of us Christians doubt God. We don't believe his word. But Satan does. When Satan heard God speak about unity, he has not stopped bringing division. Because God himself confessed when it has to do with the Tower of Babel. That this we move. What they are doing, I have not sanctioned it. But they have one mind. And because they have one mind, even I can't stop the project. So what I need to do to stop the project is to let them have different minds. Satan said, this thing works. He has not stopped using it. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. His number one agenda is never to be to, never to allow people to be together. And he will use any means. I said he will use any means. 
never to allow us to be together. And you see, he knows us very well. Especially in our carnal nature. He knows what our carnal nature can do. And he knows what to do to get our carnal nature to manifest. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm saying something to you that is very important. Because you see, many of us, we wish somebody would pray for us to be blessed. But the prayer that you should be wishing for to be blessed is the prayer that delivers you from making the wrong turn. Because as for the blessing, as long as you are a child of God, I mean, you don't have to pray for it. God has blessed you already. The Bible tells us that Jesus has made us priests and kings to our God. In Revelation, are you with me? Amen. Revelation five, I think nine or eight. so. You don't. It's not, it's not about. Don't worry about what God will do for you. Worry about what you shouldn't do. I said, worry about what you shouldn't do. You see, as I stand here, I joined Lighthouse 33 years ago. As a medical student. I didn't have to know what God is taking Lighthouse to do. I didn't have to know. And even, even my pastor himself, my bishop, he didn't know. Nobody knows. He was just obedient. That I'm doing church. I'm shepherding people. I'm preaching the word. We can only see as time has passed that this is what the Lord has done. Are you with me? It's, you, you don't have to know what God is doing for him to do it. You just have to be obedient to him. And he will do the works of your life. Because he doesn't need the power from you. All he needs from you is your obedience. Your trust of him. Are you with me? That's the most important. Amen. So I'm, and I'm making a point that Satan cannot punish you. Satan, I got so punished. It is only God who can punish you. So what Satan does is to make you do things that will bring the punishment of God. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians fall for that. A lot of Christians fall for that. And I pray that you be, you and I will be delivered every day of our lives from every trap that we want us to position ourselves against God. Because by, by just allowing God to be God in my life and allowing God to, or, or allowing myself to be led I can see now what the Lord has done. 
And still, I can't see what the Lord will do. But I believe that looking at what he has done, I can only expect greater things if I remain obedient and do nothing that would put me against him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 16, we have, there's another, another one that talks about the temple. But this particular one is not talking about our body as a temple. This particular verse is not talking about our body as a temple. Is talking about us together as God's temple. Really temple. I hope you understand it. Because, because the conversation that led to this verse was addressing, was addressing division in the church. When this person says, I'm of Apollos, and that person says, I'm of Paul. Are you with me? Okay. Now, the, when I read this and understood that this verse is not talking about fornication or other things that relates to my personal body, I got scared. Says, Do you know that you are the temple of God? The you here is not you as an Eva, but you as plural together. And the spirit of God, and that the spirit of God dwells in you. Either the verse 15 or the verse 17. What is in verse 17? If anyone defies the temple of God, 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 not Satan, not Satan. You see, that is what a lot of people don't understand. That when Jesus said, I will build my church, he didn't say, I will get pastors to build me a church. That's why I'm very careful to use in using the word, I'm working for God. I feel the appropriate statement is, God is working with me. Because the one doing the work is God himself. I said the one doing the work is God himself. You are not working for, I mean, I don't think you are working for God. It's like God is sitting down, he can't do this, you are the one doing it so that he will come and take the glory. No. God himself, God himself is the builder of his church. Are you with me? Amen. And he says that if anyone defiles the temple of God, not Satan, not Satan, God himself will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which, which temple you are. 
It's not talking about you as a person. But us together. As a I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Because most of us, we will do everything to prevent ourselves from doing wrong things in terms of fornication and all these things, which is good. I mean, I'm not saying that your effort to stop fornicating is not good. Please continue. It's important. The pastor is encouraging you to continue your effort. Are you with me? Amen. Yeah, it's important. Don't surrender. Thank you. But here, I'm talking about the church. The, the body of Christ. I'm talking about what God himself is building. And you see, Peter tells us that we are, we are lively stones. Is it 1 Peter 2 5? I think 1 Peter 2 5. It says, as life, you see, you also, as lively or as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I mean, you don't build a, a stone doesn't become a house. I said a stone doesn't become a house. It's stones together that become a house. Now, and I'm saying this because for whatever reason, we have not believed that the church, the whole body of Christ is actually the work of God. And that anything that attempts to spoil it is an attempt by you to stand up to God. And you see, what will deliver you from every trap of Satan to push you under the track? Because that's that, what Satan does. You see, Satan can't punish you. It is God who punishes you. you. I said, Satan cannot punish you. It is God who will punish you. And unfortunately, when God is punishing you, even Satan will not help you. Yo. Yeah, I couldn't see. And when God is punishing you, who, who do you think I would want to come and join myself? To you? Please, please, <laughs> please. I'm not coming to ask God, why are you punishing him? Because I just hey, Because sometimes, even when God is punishing somebody, what you say determines what happens to you. When God was punishing the Israelites, Esau, the twin brother of Jacob, instead of helping and trying to say, oh, come and take shelter 
with me. They were rather giving the people away to the people, the tool that God is using to punish the Israelites. God's response to that was not nice to the Edomites. It, it was not. It was not nice. You go and read your Bible. Bible Hallelujah. Amen. So please, first of all, I'm teaching you this and teaching myself this so that. You, you are not punished by God. And so that I'm also not tempted to make a comment that brings me in line for punishment. So please don't. I, mean, I don't want a situation where your sin becomes my temptation. Are you with me? Amen. Because if the Israelites had behaved well, they were serving God righteously and everything. Esau would not have gotten into trouble. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Good. So let's come back to our subject. So you see, the subject of loyalty delivers you from the traps of Satan that will push you in front of the track. God being the track himself. Because view versus a track, you have no hope. A bicycle, maybe, you can survive. But a 16-wheeler track, which is loaded, which is loaded with goods, you have no chance when you are pushed in front of it. And that is what God is. So Paul is telling the Corinthians that be very careful what you do that is considered by God as defilement of his temple. How we understanding this? And you see, as pastors and as pastors to be, it doesn't take a lot for us to be proud. It doesn't take a lot at all for us to be proud. And you see, when you watch a child grow up, you see that behavior. Once upon a child, once upon a time, the child, the parent is everything to the child. Sooner than later, the child will tell the parent, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> so it doesn't take long for us as we begin to, we are encouraged. Some of us at a stage, our minds are far from working with God. But when we are brought into the care of a good shepherd whose heart is to direct us to God and to bring us closer to our God and we start experiencing God's blessings in our life sooner than later then our pride lifts up. And now we don't we are not careful. I said, we are not careful to think to ourselves. What are we doing? 
And who are we now fighting? You see, when Korah and Abiram and Datham, you see, they thought they were speaking to Moses. But what they didn't know is that Moses is also under instruction. Moses did not get up to say, I want to liberate the Israelites. Are you with me? It was not Moses' idea. In fact, Moses, he was running away for his salvation. It was out of curiosity that he saw, you know, because he was very curious, he saw a fire that was burning but the bush was not burning. So he said, ah, what is this? Moshe, then God started to speak to him. And see the argument he had with God. If he had his own way, he would just live his private life. But God had a bigger plan for him. So as he was leading the people and you, Detan, Korah, and Abraham, you, you, you don't even know how we have come to be where you are. Then you rise up and you want to challenge him. And when you are challenging him, you are not challenging him on something that is fleshy, but challenging him on something that is spiritual. Who are you to declare who is holy? I said, who are you to declare who is holy? We are all men of God. We all have the spirit of God. Careful. Satan is working through you. And he's setting you up to be crushed by God. You see, let me say something to you. God doesn't fail. Are you with me? So when Satan sets you up to be crushed by God, God will not fail. It's not like he throws you and God will miss. God doesn't miss. Because, because a person who doesn't fail, it means that when he's blessing you, he doesn't fail. And when he's punishing you too, he doesn't fail. So there's no chance of escape. Unless his mercy has found you, there's no chance of escape. So listen, this afternoon, afternoon, I am just showing, because as for what God will do with you, even if I don't say it, it doesn't stop God from doing it with you. But my responsibility towards you is to show you from the scriptures how Satan will resist you. Or, or resist what God wants to do with you. By making you an enemy of God. Let me say this also. You see, God understands principles. And therefore, certain things he doesn't tolerate. He knows that what can stop him from doing what he has to do 
It's a problem that is within. Because Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Not may not stand. See, may not stand means that there's a probability it may stand. May speaks of probabilities. Cannot, cannot speaks of certainty. So if God knows that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, then I dare say, I said, then I dare say that anything that will bring anybody causing division within his kingdom cannot be allowed to stand and you see you can trivialize it and you can throw your hands at me the only reason I'll still be patient and talk to you and try to explain to you is because you have a gift you have a gift that must benefit me. So your survival uh, is important to me. Uh, your survival is important to me. Because see, God has given to every man an ability and has brought us together so that my blood supply will come from you the heart. So that my blood supply which is my nutrients will be brought to me by you the blood vessel. Your absence means my, my demise. So I have to fight for your survival. By helping you to see how Satan is targeting you. Hallelujah. Amen. This is very important. And disloyalty is, is, is a problem from within. And God does not and will not tolerate it. Whilst God is building his church, you have become an agent of Satan in his house. He knows your potency. And, and he would remove you quickly. So I have a duty to tell you this afternoon that there are principles with which God is working. Make sure you don't violate any of the principles. Because God knows how to build. I said God knows how to build. And, and that is why that is why you may find somebody that you call a sinner in the church. But that person's works doesn't destroy what God is doing. 
Mara sinless by your standards. Every action of yours. Every action of yours. Like every action of yours hinders the work of God. Lord have mercy. God will not tolerate you. And that is what most destroyer people grow up to realize. I said that's what most destroyer people grow up to realize. You see, initially you can kick and say, no, God has called all of us. Oh yes, it's true. God has called all of us. But God is the one who is arranging who is the head, and who is the shoulder, and who is the lungs, and who is the rib cage, and who is the thigh bone, and who is the feet bone. It is, it is, it is the arrangement of God. Yes, we are all bones. But God has said that some of the bones must be the ones that, that meets the ground. And some of the bones must be the one that protect the brain. And some of the bones must be the one that is in the middle ear. They are all bones. But the decision of what bone you will be is God dependent. Don't, don't try don't try to take the place of God. Because in a, in a, when you do that, that's when you set up yourself against God. And that's what I began by saying that as for the problems of the journey, the problems that relates to what God is building his church, he's aware of it. I said he's aware of it. He's aware of the problems. Talk to him about the problem. He will help you. He will correct what must be corrected. But don't start complaining against him. And complain against what he has chosen to use. Because to complain against what God is using is to tell God that he's not wise. That he's not wise. He couldn't see a better option. I don't want to say that to God. No, no, no. no, no, no. That's the last thing I want to say. Even if I don't intend to say it, I will not say it. I said, even if I don't intend to say it, I will not say it. No, this is very important. So you see, the, the subject of loyalty is a spiritual subject. I said, it's a spiritual subject that identifies our carnal behaviors with which Satan works against us and brings us in the fiery line of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here with me? Oh, yeah. And God will do what he wants to do without you. As he killed all the generation that came out of Egypt. He still had enough left to go to the promised land. As they were stubborn whilst in the promised land. He gave, he divided them. He gave some to the sword. He gave some to pestilence. 
Yes. And he gives some to captivity. Oh, yes. Hey. It's not a problem at all. God, you see, God doesn't have a problem. If you get to 100, and you misbehave, and he has to just start with two, he will start. Don't think you are in it, indispensable to God. You are not, and you will never be. So it's very important for you to learn the deep subjects of loyalty. And to guide you so that you will see Satan when he's coming to you. Because Satan will come to you through legitimate problems. I said Satan will come to you through legitimate problems to be thirsty to be thirsty is not a sin. But through your thirst, Satan will make you complain. Instead of, instead of praying for him. And he knows what he's doing against you. So listen to me. As we seek to be used by God. If God is not using you, you should, you should go and tell him that he's partial. Uh, or he's no, no, you should be worried that God is not using you. I said you should be worried that God is not using you. Because if God is not using you, Satan is using you. Satan is using you. Yo. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Mm. I said, if God is not using you, Satan is using you. Oh yes, oh yes. Mm. Ah, Bishop, how can you say that? I'm, a, I'm in a church. I pay my tithe. Who hey, says God wants bribe from you? Who, who says God wants bribe from you? You say you pay your tithe. Even the tithe you say you pay is not tithe. One day God told me to speak to one of my pastors. This guy is very good. He gives a lot of money. But the Lord told me, go and tell him that I've not asked him for money. I've asked for his life to save me. So I called him and I said, brother, this is what the Lord tells me to tell you. So get up and be in ministry. And be in ministry properly. I said, I said to me, to me, as a human being, oh, you are everything. Because I know you're giving. I said, I know you're giving. I mean, it's not a giving of uh, uh, thousands, giving of millions, millions. giving of millions, millions. Yes, I'm telling you. But the Lord told because I said about Lord, at least He's giving, He's a blessing. And the Lord told me, I'm not asking for His money. Hey, yeah, I, I went to tell him that, brother, 
This is what the Lord is telling me. Tell you. So please, you have been good to me. I love you so much. You have been helpful. You have encouraged me when there was nothing to see. And all those things. And there was a time when you were the most important, like a, a, an important person in my church. The only person in the church that looks significant. But God, but God is telling me to tell you that ministry or serving him with your life is what you are supposed to do. He has called you to be a pastor. Be the pastor. Don't give him money. Don't give him money in exchange. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so, you know, our learning about loyalty would make us deliver ourselves by the grace of God from the works of darkness. And bring us into that which God himself is doing. Hallelujah. Amen. I just wanted to, I don't know whether you have, you don't have any of the, Apostle, you don't have the new series here. The new series, those who offend you. Those who are offended. And I'll just speak about it generally. You see, there's a Bishop Doug has written offended. a series of books on loyalty. When you read it with deep understanding, you see how Satan works in that area. I said, you see how Satan works in that area. And, and I find most pastors, when they read it, what they say is that the book is too radical. Because maybe a few phrases like sack the person from the church. Like doesn't sit well with them. But you see, it's because you have not experienced it in things. That is why you would play around with what you shouldn't play around with. It is because you have not experienced it in things. Or don't understand the effect of things. That is why you tolerate things. Some of you pastors with small churches. I, I advise you. you see, when I was coming, this was not the topic on my heart. But as I sat down here, and the Lord said to me, This is what I want to talk about. And and I I just I'm very happy I don't have notes. Hey, Because I'm free to be I'm very flexible. If you sing a song and the Lord asks me to say something about the song, I'll say it. <laughs> and I have them. It's, it's like the Holy Spirit brings the verses. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I was saying to you, most, how many are pastors here? You pastor a church. Your church. Satan being Satan. Satan. He's not waiting to see whether God will build, Jesus will build the church. 
knows that if Jesus said, I'll build my church. What's Good. If Jesus said, I'll build my church, it means he will build his church. Satan believes it. So it doesn't matter whether you are 10. It doesn't matter whether you are 30 people. From the day you, you decide to obey God, and to be used as a block to start the building project of Jesus Christ, Satan starts to attack. Satan is not waiting to see whether the church is getting to the roofing level. From the very inception, he starts to attack. How not a foundation? What? And the issues that relate with loyalty. Issues that relate with loyalty. It's when it occurs at the early stages of the church. It's very damaging. Hey. I said it's very damaging. You see, when when problems of loyalty occurs when the church is big, the church will be shaking. But it can survive. And most of the time it survives. But when the church is small, the damaging effect is wild. And one day the Lord showed me by taking me into my own profession as a medical doctor. And he explained to me that when a child, a baby, suffers an injury to the brain as a baby, the effect on the child is very huge. Because that small portion of the brain represents a bigger portion of the adult brain. Yeah. So, you will find children that are born who suffers a little bit of oxygen lack. The child becomes twisted. Can't because of a damage at birth. It affects the child so much. In the same way, you see, you as you are sitting there came from one cell. One. Selling there was a stage in your life when you were a two cell. There was a stage in your life when you were a four cell. Now, at the stage of your life, when you were a two cell, a damage to one cell would make you, you cannot live. Yeah, you cannot live. 
August honor pain. A lot of pregnancies that are lost. In the early stages. Has to do with injuries. That makes it impossible to make. That's why mothers are told. When you are pregnant, before the first three months, not to take many drugs. Because it is in the first three months that the cells are dividing. And cells are being apportioned to what each is going to be. So it's like this group of cells, you are going to form the heart. Sometimes even the heart has already been formed. You are going to form the legs, the bones, the bones in the body. And all those things. So, before three months, any injury can be devastating. And that is what disloyalty or loyalty related issues is to a small church. Unfortunately, most pastors don't understand it. That this thing that is happening in your 20 member church is the reason why the church cannot grow. You can fast until your intestines are finished. As long as that problem remains, the church will not grow. So you need, you see, we need to learn properly loyalty. We need to learn it so that we don't become agents of Satan in the house of God. But, but also so that we can identify the people through whom Satan is working. Because somebody in, 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 the, in, the, in your small church that is always throwing up another opinion doesn't deserve to be with you. I, I know you say, oh no, but what's wrong with having a different opinion? Everything is wrong. Everything is wrong. Because it is not different minds that are gathered together that God blesses. It is one-mindedness. I said, it is one-mindedness. I said, it is one-mindedness. I said, it is one-mindedness. That God blesses. So, yes, an opinion that makes us have divided mind is wrong and is not acceptable. It's not because the opinion is wrong, but it's the effect of the opinion. That the opinion prevents us from having one mind. And we need one mind to receive God's blessing. So stop arguing. If you say we should pray from uh, 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 6 to 12, and I'm also thinking that we should pray from uh, uh, 11 to 4, what's wrong? What is wrong is that you are not making us have one voice. 
That is what is wrong. That is what is wrong. I said, that is what is wrong. You are not making us have one voice. And we need one voice for God to bless us. Wow. I said we need one voice. Because the Tower of Babel, they said, let us build a tower that will reach to heaven so that we be not scattered. Around that tower, we will live our lives. Somebody could have also said, that instead of building the tower to heaven and the challenges of building high let us rather build many 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 cottages and many places around let's not build a tower to heaven let's just build a tower to above our height and build many of them so that it can also become a, 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 a a, a, a gathering place. Even more God. God will not have bothered them. But God will something that bothers God. And you don't see a problem with it. God said, These people are of one mind. When they said they want to build a tower to heaven, there was not a second opinion that maybe let's not take it too high. Let's rather spread it. Because taking it too high has more risk than spreading it. Taking it too high calls for technology that we may not have. But spreading it God will not have moved. When they all agreed that to heaven we go, God said, no. No, 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 no. Hey, guys, let's go. Let's just go and confuse them. Because once they are confused, we can go on straw and have our meetings. And Satan knows it. And Satan is using you to bring up different opinions. But we don't need the different opinions. I said, we don't need the different opinions. If you bring it up, and the leader says, look, let's do 6 to 12. It's fine. You should support it and say 6 to 12 we are doing. Go, why not? 6 to 12 we go. But if you bring it up, the leader says we are doing 6 to 12. He says, why not 11 to 4? And the leader says, no, no, I think we should do 6 to 12. Then you keep going around and telling people, hey, no, I don't know why pastor doesn't listen when you advise him. Because I just feel that he doesn't understand some of the things. Yeah, yeah, that he doesn't not... realize that. I mean, 6 to 12 is more difficult to pray because we are tired. Yeah, but I'm... if we could sleep a little bit yeah, and yeah. come at 11, we can survive to, to, to 4 a.m. That's also a long prayer. But you know, when you talk to pastor, he doesn't listen. Anyway, that's how he is. So, and then you keep going around. Keep going around. That is what is wrong. That is what is wrong. I said, that is what is wrong. It may be true that 11 to 4 may be effective. It may be true. 
They can't find anything. But if the pastor says, let's do six to twelve. Mara Murutia six to twelve. Let's do six to twelve. Dira six to twelve. Because in your mind, in your mind, I said in your mind. Eleven, according to your eleven, eleven to four is better. But you don't know what is going to happen to somebody who is going home after 4 a.m. Somebody is going to meet their death. And the spirit of God that is leading the pastor has instructed the pastor in a way that doesn't make sense. But in a way that delivers the work of darkness. If you can tell me how come Peter that you know what will happen after four when we finish the prayer after four if you can tell me you know what will happen then maybe I'll listen to you but if you don't know what will happen then please allow me to do the six to twelve as the Lord has led me because God knows a thing before it happens and at 1 a.m., I said, at 1 a.m., Totis have targeted to come and collect and hijack. And in the process, somebody is going to resist and blood is going to be shed. But God, by His Spirit, has decided that before Satan would move, he has moved. Look. On. Let us understand this. But you see, most people don't understand this. And especially, I'm talking about small churches. Just, the reason why small churches don't grow is because there are elements who are acting disloyally. So unity, one-mindedness is not present. And you see, as a pastor, when you don't understand loyalty, you would actually be promoting a disloyal person to be close to you. And you see, every time a disloyal person is seen by the others as close to you, you, strength, you strengthen the person. One, one of the marks of these loyal people is that they always want to be seen to be talking to you. To give a message that they are important, you really they Sometimes also bad people, scammers, people with wicked agenda that are coming to deceive the congregation. Also do that. We also do that. So as pastors, you have to be aware. Watch a person who is always coming to you. Whose life is not straight. Who is not really involved And he's always coming to greet you. As soon as you finish preaching, he wants to Watch that person. I've told my pastors and my leaders, when I finish preaching, for the first one hour, I have nothing to do with you. I want to talk to the ordinary church members. 
I want to talk to the ordinary church members. Because you see, you you know me. When I talk to you, it doesn't you don't even consider it as honor. But you see, there's an ordinary church member. Who is so honored that Bishop came to greet me. Bishop came to ask my name. Bishop wanted to know me more. Yes. So I told my pastors, you dare not. The first one hour, you dare not. But but if you don't want to experience my harshness, but I'm even talking about the subject of disloyalty. That sometimes, because we don't understand it, so I want us to really spend time to read this subject because it is one of the stoppers of church growth. I said it is one of the stoppers. It is one of the stoppers of church growth. But you see, your depth and understanding of it would make you beautifully navigate every move of the enemy. And your church will grow. I said your church will grow. You will never become an agent of Satan in the midst of God will bless you. God will increase you. Hallelujah. Amen. No, this is very important. I feel that this is just what I want to say. As it relates to your pastoral way. I wish I had the books here to show you. Do they have the loyalty series? They don't have it. Oh, it's on open. One to six. Okay. They are they are more. They are more that is added. Open open one for me. I'll replace it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just want to show. Well, you see, bring the whole box. Bring the whole, bring the whole box. box. Whole box. You see, these are a series of book books that yeah. relates to church. Church You see, these are the loyalty series. I'm sure, isn't it? They are more than. More than this. If it are more now it's been added to it. Those who are, those who are offended. Yeah. Those who honor you. Yeah, those who honor you. You see, it teaches you the things that will help your church to grow. Don't you want your churches to grow? Oh no, I want my church to grow. And I want the church to have many more pastors. I want to count my work in number of pastors. Not, not I want to count my work in number of pastors. Who have churches? Whose churches have churches under them? Lady Kereke, Oh yes, oh yes. Hey. Because that is the only way we can be accounted as being obedient to the Great Commission. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody must have a chance. So you see, these books you can read all about church growth, 
But all of them have loyalty in it. It states it at one place or the other. All these books. Hallelujah. Amen. So I just make sure you, you get some and read it. It's, it's, and when you read, don't, don't say, ah, I don't agree with this. Just pray, Holy Spirit. If it has been written, there may be something that is to teach me. I want to understand it. No, don't, don't, don't just say, ah, no, I don't agree. I don't agree. You don't have to agree. How many things have you not agreed with and yet it has gone on to happen? Don't you learn a lesson that your agreement is not necessary. You don't have to agree with many things for it to happen. The only problem is that as you are disagreeing, it gives the thing strength to happen. Do you get it? So what am I saying to you this afternoon? What I'm saying to you this afternoon is that this loyalty is the work of the devil that brings you face to face with God. And unfortunately, God does not fail. Do you get it? So when Satan brings you face to face with God, you won't survive. Are you with me? Amen. So avoid it at all costs. When you are in the church and you are offended by any problem, bring it up to the Lord to address the offense. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Lord will always address every offense that you bring up to Him. Yes. Amen. Secondly, when you are in a church, you will be offended because Jesus said, as for offenses, they will come. And the most dangerous person that you must be careful with when you are offended is somebody who has done good to you before. Let me say it again. Like, let's say your pastor. Your pastor will offend you. No, I promise you. As your pastor would offend you. Hey, I'm supposed to go and bless a wedding. <laughs> I must say, when I get problems, I will, I will point to you. <laughs> you will do it online. <laughs> online. You just look off and on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was I saying? I'm saying that, uh-huh. you see, you see, there are different people that you have to deal with. Hey. And there are different people that will offend you. The most dangerous person to offend you is the one who has been good to you before. Listen and listen carefully here. When somebody who has fathered you, who has mothered you, whose, whose sacrifice 
has brought you forward. When they offend you, don't discuss it with anybody. Just take it to God and leave it. Wow. Are you with me? In my training as a doctor, there are cases that you are told when this is present, you must refer to a hospital that has an ICU. It, even though you may be able to do the case, if it's an operation. Because your hospital may not have an ICU. Don't touch it. Because it can complicate. And it often complicates. When you have not touched it, the patient can be transferred. But when you touch it, and the patient needs ICU, it is more difficult to transfer a patient who is an ICU case than an ordinary patient. In the same way, there are some people when offense has come to you through them, because of who they have been to you. Don't touch it. Leave it to God. That's number one. Number two. Number two. Decide to forgive. Not because of what they are doing. But because of what they have done for you. You, you, you deliver yourself from Satan's trap. Hallelujah. Amen. This is an advice I give you free. I don't have, there are Bible verses, but I don't have Bible verses for you. Take it or leave it. And many of us, you see, the only reason why you would think you can stand up and sort out somebody who has fathered you, who has nurtured you, who has been there for you when you were vulnerable, when there was nothing about you. The only reason why you would think you can stand up for that person is because you are proud. And Satan has entered your heart. And I want you to I want to tell you that because of the delicate nature of that type of situation, just hand it over to God. Because in the process, you may cause more problem for God than just handing it over to Him. And when you become a problem causer, God will deal with you. Whatever problem you have against Moses, let God deal with him. Who says God is afraid of Moses? I said, who says God is afraid of Moses? When Moses disobeyed God, 
by striking the rock instead of speaking to the rock. God told him you will not see the land. And told him, go and die. <laughs> you are not sick, but go and die. So God is not afraid of Moses. I said, God is not afraid of Moses. But don't take the place of God. When you have an issue with Moses. You see, some of you in this church, you have no idea what, how the church came to be. The struggles, the difficulties. I mean, you can't say it. But you are happy that at least my pastor is, is, is loving us and leading us in the right way. Yeah. Just allow yourself to be led. If there's a problem, look, the pastor, apostle, is not free from God. He's under every string of God. Every string, every string. My apostle, God knows when to pull this one and make him turn here. You see, we are like puppets in the hands of God. Because the Bible said the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands. Where not, where, where not the king wills, but where God wills, he turns it. So listen, I want to encourage you on this note with the subject of loyalty. And I want to pray for all of us. God yeah. will help us to learn, have the revelation about it so that we deliver ourselves from it. Because through, this, through the understanding of loyalty, I'm still in the church. Have I been offended by my bishop? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ah, because... You see, he's leading. He has steps he must take. Some of the steps, they will not always sit well with you. Because No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Because you also, in your own little way, have your wishes. But in a bigger way, your father has other ideas. Yes. And he says, not here. Go here. Not this one. Do this. And sometimes, you are, maybe there's a problem. There's something you did. That you don't want it to be used as an example. But that's what your father always chooses to use as an example. Hey! And every time he starts, you are saying, mm. you really really And meanwhile, you know some of your brothers who have also done other not so good things. But they are always being used for a good example. Then you are thinking to yourself, really? Oh. 
Really? Kanete. This example that you are using me is, is not my brother even a better example than Maraya Mamang. But unfortunately, your father has chosen liking to you. To use you as an example that he wishes for. And maybe, maybe before you have been to a place where he's using as an example and you have presented yourself as a star. And he has come to uncover you. I was I went to a church and preached for two days on the subject of loyalty. Then my pastor, my bishop, Bishop Dag came. Bishop That weekend. Weekend to And when he was preaching in the service. He used me as an example <laughs> of somebody that he was not happy with. <laughs> but you know what? There was a discussion. After that same trip, there was a discussion with other brothers. Like <laughs> and he was telling somebody that, I mean, the person was saying that, I mean, how did you, the person was asking me, that how did I manage the offense? The, the bishop responded, he was not offended. He was not even offended. That's what bishop, that's the, you see, he, he told the person that whatever happened, me, I was not offended. It's, it's like, it's like, offense didn't register for me to even handle it. Yeah. And you know, sometimes, sometimes, it is good thoughts of your father concerning you. That is why he will feel free to choose you, to use you for not so nice examples. Because he has confidence that you are not sensitive. Oh yes, oh yes, he has confidence in you. He has confidence in your maturity. He has confidence that this one, I can shout at him, I can do whatever it is. He still would not be offended with you. Oh, yes. And many things, there have been many occasions where there are issues and he has supported or seemed to support the other side and rather face me. But I've taken it in good faith. Listen, when you have a problem with your younger brother, it is your father's right to decide which side of the issue to address. <laughs> Let me say it again. When you have a problem with your younger brother, it is your father's right. If he's your father, if he's your father, it is his right to choose which side of the problem. So you can't say, ah, how can he speak against me? When I, this one is wrong. He knows that the younger one is wrong. But but he, he, he wants to refine your leadership skills. And that is what he's addressing. 
The ass of the wrong of the younger one. I, I, the younger I, one is wrong. But if your leadership skills have been a little sharper and good, the outcome of the problem will not have been there. So, he raising you to take over from him, raising you to delegate some of your duties to you, is seeing an opportunity to train you and to sharpen you. You see, you are seeing an opportunity for your younger brother to be told you are wrong. But your father, having a better vision from what is using to explain to you how you could have handled the situation for it not to be a problem. Because your leadership, the, the excellency of your leadership is your ability to handle complex issues without it becoming a problem. all the time, they, you'll be put in situations that always you are being corrected directly because the person has a good vision for you. Because but many of us have a problem with it. Why is there everything? Why is he always finding fault with you? He's not finding fault. He's refining you so that he can place you at a good position. Your lack of maturity your lack of spirituality is the reason why you are seeing faults refinement for elevation. How do you understand it? So the same thing God does to us and we get offended with him. If why did he allow me? After I've served him, after I've done this, after I've done this, how did he allow this problem to happen to me? He allowed the problem to happen to you because the next level where he wants to what has happened to you is what happens there. So he wants to give you an experience so that when you have to handle the people there, you have a personal experience. When God wants to take you higher, he gives you more difficult tests. Yeah. Likewise, when your father has good intention for you, he takes you through many more challenging situations. I don't know To mature you. You know, Apostle, some of these I never understood it. All. But as, as you just obey, then the Lord, in his, in his gentleness towards you, explains things to you. But you see, when you are not mature, then you start fighting. He doesn't like me. He's, he's, he's afraid of me. He feels threatened by me. Threatened by you. Threatened by you. It's Satan who is speaking to you. So please, let's end on this note. Let's go with the mind that we are going to learn everything about loyalty. One, 
for the reason that we don't become Satan's fifth column. In the work, and for the reason that we can also identify it and, and eliminate it or prevent it from stopping our work. Look, disloyalty, when it is present, eh, it can make you doubt the grace of God upon you. Oh, yes. It can make you so discouraged that if you are not careful, you will turn your back on God. So you need to learn it. We too. So that when God starts to use you to start works, even oh. as a cell leader, you, you are not you are wondering why your cell is not growing. Your cell is not growing because you have admitted into yourself a disloyal person. And you are always asking him to pray at the end of the cell meeting. Because you like his prayers. Or because you want to appease him. Because you can sense that he's agitated. And you keep on asking whenever you are sharing. What does he think? Or what do you think? It's because you don't understand how precise. You never ask a, dis- a person who is showing signs of disloyalty what he thinks. How would you see trust in a meeting? In a meeting, you are almost giving him a platform to destabilize you. Oh yes, oh yes. By the time he finishes speaking, you have to extend the meeting for another four hours to 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 bring back the people to where they were before he spoke. But you see, because, because, because you don't understand disloyalty, you allow a disloyal person to intimidate you. I said you allow a disloyal person to intimidate you. And make you feel the need to always give them an opportunity. So after you have finished preaching, then you wanted to come and say something. And you come and say, and from the preaching, there are other verses that it is important for you to know. There are other verses. There are other verses. Did you come to come and give another revelation? Or you just came to summarize? Because some people, people should not be your assistant. An assistant should come and say exactly what you said. To galvanize the message. Not to come and give another revelation. But you see, your church is 30 people. 40 people. And you are allowing this destroyer person to always mount the stage with you. Oh, you know, whatever you say, he says the opposite to the people. But we need one mind. Even if it's a wrong thing, one-mindedness makes it grow. Even if it's a wrong thing, one-mindedness makes it grow. So I advise you to on the subject. 
So if there's anything that has, does it mean we, as a church, we've not had disloyalty? Oh, plenty. That you made the treatment for malaria does not mean you will not have malaria. Or you discovered COVID, COVID vaccine does not mean you will not have COVID. Or discovered the vaccine COVID. The disloyalty, we've had it plenty. Plenty. But you see, the overall effect is that it has not stopped us from moving on. Because that one church, our one church, when Bishop started, could have been disintegrated, it could have been disintegrated to a point where there will be no church. And I'm thinking to myself, what would have happened if Bishop Dark had given up the call and decided that maybe the people are right, he's not called, so he's going to con- I mean, concentrate on his career? Where will I be? Where will all these churches be? I don't know. I can see. My prayer for you is that you, you will not be a disloyal person. I said, my prayer for you. You see, the choir is a growth point. The choir is a growth point. It's a point from where the church can grow. Because a lot of people like to stand in front and to sing. And because of that, they come to church regularly. And every time they come to church, the word is preached. They are changing small, small. So the choir is like a holding cell. For people to change and become serious Christians. But you can also have a lot of disloyalty. Why, why is this one singing the song? Ah, this voice is nicer than that one. Uh, I mean, even this song. Why are we singing this song? I think the last song was better than this. Don't you have it in the choir? It's, 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 nobody is giving me inside info. I've been a pastor for a long time. Do you get it? But yeah. as choir leaders, or as a choir leader, we have to understand this loyalty. And stand it out so that the choir can continue to be the shelter that it is for most Christians so that they will gradually move to become pastors. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, every unit, ashes, prayer team, see, the various units of the church are like the holding cells that keeps the people whilst the word is having an effect on them. It has to grow. But disloyalty can make it not grow. A choir of 10 members is not attractive. To join. As against a choir of 50 members. 
When I'll grab a choir of 100 members. Yeah. Hey. Even it's nice when you sing. Even if there's load shedding and the mic is not working. Because it's a large choir, we can still hear your voice. But a choir of 10 people, it's not nice. Even it doesn't encourage you to go for rehearsal. So the choir has to grow. But disloyal elements will make it not grow. So you have to I hope you're understanding this. I just feel the Lord emphasizing this aspect What is stopping you is not that God has not called you. But there is a fifth color that because of your lack of knowledge you are you are laying the red carpet for the fifth column to operate. And so, the fifth column is scattering the people from inside. That's why the but I see it growing in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, I see it growing. Amen. Whatever you are in charge of, whatever you are it shall grow. It shall grow. I said it shall grow. And it shall bring you joy. Because, you see, the joy of growth is unimaginable. I said the joy of growth is unimaginable. The, the strengthening, the encouragement the motivation, the drive that comes from growth is unimaginable. Satan is against it. But God is for it. But God is for it. And therefore, you shall grow. Your cell shall grow. Your church shall grow. Your ministry shall grow. Whatever group you are in charge of, it will grow. Amen. God, by His Spirit, will bring many more people. Because there will be unity there. I said, there will be unity there. And God will command His blessing. People would, would prosper because they join your, your group, because they join the choir. They say, well, our choir is nice. If you want to get a job, join the choir. If you want to get a husband, join the choir. Amen. Because in the choir, people are marrying. Yes. Because the Bible says, where brethren dwell together in unity. There, not somewhere else. There, God doesn't suggest to his blessing, hey. but commands Whatever through disloyalty has hindered you loses its power today. Because your eyes is open. Amen. God shall point to you the disloyal elements. And don't forget to ask God for wisdom. To manage the disloyal elements. Amen. Amen. Lift up your voice and begin to pray.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, Lord. Receive the help of God. Receive the blessing of God. I just sense in my spirit to pray for some people. Now, like I said at the beginning, I don't need to pray for God to bless you. God will bless you. But I want to pray for you that as I spoke, you discovered that I have allowed Satan to be using me to throw second opinion other opinions that has brought division that has taken away unity out of where I am out of my group out of what my pastor is saying I want to pray for you you see that you have recognized it and I want to pray the Lord to help you not to reject what the Lord is revealing to you. But to accept it in humility. That grace would abound. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So you are here and you say, Pastor, please, I'm not sure. But as you spoke, I felt that I've been a victim. Of the works of darkness. And I have thrown second opinions in many meetings that has not fostered unity but has brought segregation. In ignorance, I did it. In ignorance, I did it. But I'm asking God to forgive me. Come, I want to pray for you. Come. Thank you. Holy. There are not many, but I know you are here. Because all of us mistakenly have found ourselves without knowing. Because the problem is that Satan doesn't tell you that I want to use you. I feel there are some in the fire. I know you are singing, but maybe go and stand. Go and spread. Go and then you can come. All of you go. So that you can join the altar call. I mean, if you know, if you know you are part of, I'm not saying you all the choir people must join. But if you know that what I said, you saw yourself. It's like as I spoke, the spirit started speaking to you. I want to pray with you. I'm also because of my time constraint, I will not be able to lay hands on everybody. But I really would have loved to lay hands on all of you. Let's pray. I wanted to talk to God and ask Him for mercy. Ask Him for mercy. 
asking for mercy. In ignorance, you didn't know. You didn't know. But now you know. And therefore, you are confessing to God that I made a mistake. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And deliver me from such situation. I don't want to be an agent of the enemy any longer. I don't want to be a bringer of a second opinion to divide the group. No, no. Whatever I have, I'll suggest to pastor. If he agrees, fine. If he doesn't agree, that ends it. Because I don't know what else he knows or what is prompting him to choose this way which doesn't appeal to me but it is the way God is choosing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, because of the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, I stand on behalf of these ones and I plead the cleansing works of the blood of Jesus over their lives. By coming boldly before all of us, they have come before you in their hearts to say, Lord, I missed it. I confess that I have done works against you. But today, I ask for forgiveness. Lord, forgive them and forgive all of us. Some of us may not know. But Lord, as you sit on your throne, you see clearly. By this prayer, together, oh Lord, with everyone standing here, please forgive me. Please forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And cause us to be a uniting point. Cause us to be a loyal people in your work. Father, if there be any case, we ask for your divine intervention. Let the harvest of the negative seeds we are sown, Father, let it fail. Let it bring forth poorly and give us the grace to handle it, to overcome it, that it may not overcome us. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, like you did to Paul, you used him mightily. Lord, use us mightily. Use our lives mightily to do your will and to do your work. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.